It's a comic book pit. Okay. Welcome back to the Comic Book Pit Podcast. This is episode 365. I'm Dan, and with me tonight, we've got Sean. Hello. Kate. Hi. And Link. Hey. So here at the Comic Book Pit, every week we read comics and talk about various topics, usually but not always comic-related. And here's a quick spoiler warning. This is uh, kind of a review show, so we, you know, we try to not give too much away about the stuff we read, but sometimes it happens. So it's just a, you know, your fair warning. Also, just wanted to continue to announce our uh, relatively new Patreon uh, account. You can you can now be a supporter of the show by going to Patreon.com/slash/ComicBookPit, and there are four different levels for you to choose from. And uh, I think there's some, there, there's something for everyone. Uh, if you just want to contribute a little or, you know, a lot uh, there's uh, there's something there for you. And I, I, I think the, uh, the rewards uh, certainly merit the, the, uh, the pledges. So, and to uh, just to give some, to some shout outs to, some of our new supporters, uh, big thanks to the McSauce podcast. Uh, they're uh, another local Pittsburgh podcast and we're, uh, we're friends with those guys. They're, they're, they're great guys. They have a, a fun show. Um, you should definitely check them out at McSauce.com. And just, uh, literally tonight, uh, we've got a, a new, new supporter in Pittsburgh comics, which uh, Pittsburgh Comics is run by Colin, Colin McMahon, and it's a great shop out in the the uh, southern suburbs of Pittsburgh. So uh, I believe you can find them at pittsburghcomics.com. So big thanks to those two friends of the show um, for supporting us. We really do appreciate it. It's cheap to do a podcast, but it ain't always free. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're not just giving away internet. Yeah. Or that's true. Or domain names or other things. Or, or comics. Or, or yeah, or comics or recording equipment or or movies. Yeah. Exactly. It's not like you can just pirate this stuff. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, who would who would do such an odd you thing? Would, you wouldn't download a car. Yeah, you don't download a car. <laughs> I totally lost my train of thought. The, the, the whole download the car thing really got me. <laughs> um, well, I know, uh, you know, one thing I could, uh, you know, if 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 I were a less moral man, I, I might be putting uh, some of those Patreon funds towards the newly announced DC universe infinite, which is essentially going to be DC comics version of Marvel unlimited. Mm -hmm. Um, 
which uh, if you're familiar with the DC Universe app, it was the app that was launched, what, like two years ago, three years no, ago? I, I, no, I'd say like a year and a half. Has it? Okay. I, I you really know, don't think it's been around right. that longer. It, it might be two years, but like I'm thinking like Doom Patrol was like, it's one of the launch series. Well, Titans was like a launch series. On yeah. Yeah. And, and they're already into, they, they finished season yeah. two. They're working on season three, right? Supposedly, yeah. So, yeah, uh, yeah. And, there, and there were quick turnarounds on that. So it feels like it's like almost two years. It'll yeah, probably have only made it two years before they changed things. Yeah. Well, in, uh, in in the short period of time, well, it was supposed to be kind of their catch-all for comics, TV shows, movies. I mean, I thought that was a cool idea. Yeah, I, I guess they just didn't see the they they didn't see the return on investment. Oh no, yeah. I personally subscribe to it, and I think. I, I, I like it. I, I like the service and I've, I've enjoyed parts of all, you know, I, I've, I've watched shows, I watched movies, I've read comics from it. It's a pretty cool app, but uh, it was just announced recently that the media portion of it, the movies and TV shows and animated series, um, animated movies, like everything is moving to HBO max and DC, the DC, DC universe app is getting rebranded as DC universe infinite. And that's going to be just a premium digital comic book service. And it's going to launch, uh, January, 2021. I think they said they've got already, I mean, there's, there's already well over 20, like 20,000 comics, you know, in it. And I think they're going to be adding way more. So I'll probably still continue to, support it or, or mm-hmm. subscribe to it. Like I said, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, there's a lot there. And I, I think they're also going to be doing a lot of, um, a lot of their digital first comics are going to go. Oh, that's nice. Straight yeah. there. And, um, they're going to be, it, it's kind of like the same thing as Marvel. They're going to be putting up their new comics like six months after mm-hmm. pu- publication date. I, I think a lot of people assume that with the, with the with HBO Max coming around, that DC Universe was just going to wither and die. Mm-hmm. But I guess they're gonna they're gonna keep going with the with the comics, which was kind of surprising. Yeah, I mean, I guess that makes sense because they do have to compete on on some level with Marvel, yeah, and probably other distributors, yeah. publishers. I'm glad that uh, they decided to rebrand and kind of keep it still for because I was kind of wondering what was going to happen to all those subscribers. I mean, I knew it wasn't like catching on fire, but I, I knew there was like a significant amount of people on on that surface. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of glad that they decided, like, okay, well, we'll just take away the media part and just keep the comics, and that's cool. And I mean, you're right. I mean, they're going to be competing. They have to compete with Marvel, but it always seemed kind of dumb to have DC Universe and then also like HBO Max. Mm-hmm. Yeah, competing with the two, and they're both the same company, so yeah, it makes more sense. Well, I I don't know if you guys subscribe to HBO Max, but there's like there's already so much on HBO Max, and it, it and a lot of it is the same stuff that is still on the DC Universe app. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it's like they have they're they're it's like they're doing this real weird transition between the two well, services. Also- 
weird and maybe since you subscribe you might know the answer to this but some of it's weird too like swamp thing is on a, the cw app or what whatever oh it is now i'm pretty sure it aired on cw i would assume that it went on the cwc to app but maybe it's on hbo max too i just know that there's been like some things went to cer- certain places depending on like I, I don't even know, depending on whatever they flip the coin and decide where to put it. <laughs> like Titans, I, I I assume, I guess that's on Max then? Yes. Yeah, okay. Tit- uh, Doom Patrol, Titans, um, Har- Harley Quinn. I almost, mm-hmm. said, I almost said Harvey Quinn. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's Harley Quinn's uh, little uh, lesser-known brother. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Isn't there, uh, there like a Green Lantern TV show that was going to happen with the the guy that played Diggle. That might have been rumors at this point. I don't know that. Yeah, that's. I, I think that was that was a tease at the end of the Arrow finale. Yeah, um, I mean, I'm sure he'll, he'll do something with him on some show, but they yeah, teased it for long enough. I hope they do something besides just that end tease. It'll it'll probably yeah. be on one of the super super shows. Not Supergirl. <laughs> Yeah, well, I was gonna say that's a that's a good transition because yeah. we also found out this week that uh, Supergirl, CW's Supergirl, is on the chopping block. But um, I guess it's you know being announced in advance, so they're gonna have at least time to wrap it up. Yeah, but yeah, yeah it's kind of a bummer. I mean, I I, I thought she was uh Weird. yeah, it was, it was a good show. I mean, it, it was uh, yeah. I I think she was a. Fair- I would say she was more of a core part of the CW universe than Oliver Queen was by the end. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, for sure. Yeah. Like I was like, oh, awesome, Supergirl's here. Oh, Arrow's here. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I, here comes the guy that shoots the bow and arrows. Right. But no, <laughs> she was just a positive force, I think, in the CW universe, um, both on and off camera. That it kind of felt like it's weird to see her go so early. Yeah, I was I was hoping with, you know, since a arrow is done, I was kind of hoping for kind of a, like a new paradigm in the like the, the DC CW or the universe or the Arrowverse, because, um, you know, the arrow was kind of like the dark corner of the Arrowverse for so mm-hmm. long. I was hoping that between that, like maybe. Flash, Supergirl, and I don't know. Well, you know, Superman would have been a little redundant. Maybe if they could have somehow worked in like Legends or Black Lightning or something, but to kind of build like a new trinity, yeah, of mm-hmm. of heroes and kind of focus um on on that, like a you know, because for for a while it was kind of Arrow, Flash, and Supergirl sort of. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, 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 I'm confused about so many things, so many decisions that the CW There's a lot going on in the CW does yeah. with concerning the Arrowverse. So I, I'm not, a, I'm not totally surprised that they're canceling Supergirl, especially if it's if it's to make room for Superman. Yeah, um, that's some bad optics, but. <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but to tell you the truth, I wouldn't have minded Supergirl sticking around. Uh, I mean, I'll admit before I, I say my opinion, I actually have not caught up with Supergirl. I kept trying to get into it, like even jumping on the second season mm-hmm. um, and like so on and so forth. Like I actually was like legitly interested in watching like after Infinite Crisis, how they're going to deal with that, because it just seemed a lot more interesting. Mm-hmm. And I always heard good stuff about it, but I just, I don't know, some reason I would try to watch it. And I don't know, it just never like grabbed me, grabbed me, but mm-hmm. I'll probably try to watch it anyway now. I mean, okay. it's on mm-hmm. Netflix, Yeah, but I always kind of figured like, yeah, I like Superman and the Superman that was introduced in the Supergirl show. You know, he's a pretty good Superman, but I kind of look at the stuff like this is the problem I find with sometimes with DC media is that they always have to bring it back to Batman or Superman. And it's like DC Universe, you have a lot more stuff besides those two. Yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. and I'm not saying that the Superman show won't be really good. I mean, it seems like they're going in a different direction than all previous shows in the past. But I don't know, maybe I just, even though I never was like a super fan of Supergirl, like just watching the show, even though I wanted to, like Mm -hmm. I always loved her in like all the other stuff that she was in. Like I saw her in Flash, like a couple episodes in the Flash and the crossovers. And I always loved uh, Supergirl in those, like her and Flash. I always liked those two. Mm -hmm. Just something about their energy together. Yeah. Yeah. Like they were just so kinetic i loved it mm-hmm. and um they, well they were almost more like a like a brother and sister like they kind of yeah you know they yeah you're right they, they had this really neat connection like they, they have a very very good chemistry, uh, yeah. chemistry that's what yeah i couldn't yeah. think of the word but i mean at least supergirl was unique because i don't think there was ever a supergirl tv show i mean i know there was a movie mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Outside of that, you know. Well, I was I was disappointed because, well, it, this actually goes back to when Ruby Rose left Batwoman because coming out of Crisis, I thought, you know, I thought Supergirl and Batwoman, you know, yeah, had a really uh-huh. good, you know, a really good chemistry that they were, you know, for for only having been together a short time or you know shared the screen a short time. I thought like it's like you could almost immediately see the potential oh, yeah. of no, it, it, adventures it, for those two. Yeah, it mimicked the comic books very well in that regard too. That that sort of friendship that that uh, Bruce and Clark have. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So I, I was looking forward to that, but then yeah, then they changed whatever's going on in Batwoman. So I guess I can. I'm not as upset about the loss of Supergirl in that regard because who knows what they were going to end up with anyways. Mm-hmm. Some of that almost still, it still makes me think that maybe like with this new era and this new Batwoman, like they'll, they'll just be like this huge shift in something going on over at the CW in terms of like, like a time skip or something where they're just like, yeah, this is the last season for all this stuff. And then like, we're all going to jump ahead X amount of years or something. I don't know. Mm. Cause I mean, I, w- I also wouldn't be surprised to hear legends 
is only going to have like one or two more seasons just because that seems like a show. Well, I think that show lived <laughs> so far beyond its expiration date. For yeah. That, and it's great for it. I know. We've all been but blessed. It, but everybody's just been like, I've, I've been waiting since like the second season for it to get canceled. Yeah. I, th- I like, Even the first, I was like, all right. <laughs> I never thought it was going to make it past the first season. Oh, I did. I, I didn't think it was going to make it past the second. I just didn't think it was. I mean, I, I thought it was a lot of fun, but I, I really didn't. I didn't know a lot of people who watched it because yeah. like, I couldn't make it past the first season. And I was like, well, it's really good. <laughs> it might be the best CW show. Yeah, it's it, now I I don't know what it is now. Yeah, no, I mean, it's its own crazy the, thing. The, the, I'm I'm surprised like season after season. I'm surprised that it's still it's still airing. Yeah. Um, because it's that show is just it's just batshit crazy. Yeah, absolutely. And and I and I I'm I feel like I've said this before, but like I I feel like there aren't a lot of like real big marquee characters on the show, so it, it's even double amazing that it it. Yeah, no, it's I mean it started that way. It was like I don't know, we got a couple people that you might recognize from mm-hmm. stuff. Yeah. I mean, I guess. Um, Sarah Lance would have been like the original draw character for like Arrow fans, and yeah. that's mm-hmm. kind of it. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. if you really like Captain Cold from The Flash, that would have been a draw. But yeah. like, yeah. still, they they like, yeah yeah they 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 poached a lot of characters from The Flash. That's for sure. Like mm-hmm. um, yeah. McRory and Captain Cold and um, Firestorm. Fine, yeah, yeah. Um, and they they got yeah. So they got. Um, uh, Lance and they got uh, they got Ray from Arrow. Yep. And I feel like I'm missing. Well, well Constantine from his own show. Yeah, yeah that's true. He, yeah. But I think you're talking the original team. Yeah, yeah the original lineup. And well, I think the others were original characters at that point because you had right. the Hawkman, Hawk Girl. Yeah. And, and they um, only lasted like three episodes or yeah. something like that. Yeah, they were just first season material. Mm-hmm. And then I got, and then yeah, they they still kept poaching because then they did. Um, oh my gosh, I'm blanking on her name now. Vixen, right? Oh right. Um, from like or a one of the like you know whatever, but it was still tied to like Arrow and like stuff that was established there and. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, they've always been good about, like, pulling things from other things and be like, hey, it's this wacky cast of C-list characters. Like, I wouldn't have been surprised if, um, you know, barring all the recent uh, stuff going on, but, like, if a elongated man had made his way over to that show, I'm like, oh, this makes sense. Oh, that would have been cool. Yeah. <laughs> Although it's not like they couldn't just recast the guy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, his face is made yeah, out of rubber. Change his face. Yeah, exactly. They can do whatever they want with that if they yeah. they need to. I am kind of curious of how these shows are going to be. I'm I'm actually kind of curious with both the movies, uh, Marvel movies, and the shows are going to be after this, like uh, the DC shows, because I don't know, like they just they had their audience, but now it's been like I don't know, maybe close it's to little, nine eight months. Yeah, there there definitely should have been. Some, yeah, CW stuff at this point. I think, I think it'll be fine, but I think it'll be a weird time too, just because 
I mean, in general, with all TV shows, I think it'll be a weird time because it's a weird time Mm -hmm. in the world right now. And some shows, I think, are very good about being topical and political. And I feel as though the CW shows, especially Supergirl, actually, were we're pretty on the nose about some stuff and it's yeah i i remember their their mm-hmm. their gun control episode yeah which i mean <laughs> it was kind of i i felt bad because like i'm i'm very much for gun control yeah. and anti gun violence etc cetera, etc cetera. but mm-hmm. i'm watching this this their gun control episode and i'm like oh my god it was very on the nose. It was, it was so. It was not that oh, yeah. good of an episode. It was right? not subtle at all. It was like like very ham fisted. And they and they did the same episode on Arrow too, which is weird. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't like Arrow's message because it seemed like they were still going in the middle of the road. Yes, they at were. least that's what I got, and I was like, uh, way to not take a stand on one or one side yeah, or the other. Right. We, wanted, we wanted to explain both sides fairly, and I was like, okay. I mean, I get that, and that's cool, but still, I'm like. Yeah. Yeah. The, but anyways, yeah, and even even that with uh, the CW, they, there's something else that they did. It's like every now and then there, or I guess that whole Supergirl arc that was literally like, here's how the alt right formed. <laughs> oh <yeah. laughs> like, oh shit! Literally, that whole season was just that dude being racist against aliens, and it was oh, that's right, I forgot about that, that. whole parallel. To oh, I guess I need to watch that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was a whole thing. I think, and they were talking about, and it was the immigration thing. Yeah, that's right. And, and the girl was just on it, and like, like every season, weren't like like alien like alien families were getting locked up or something. Yeah, like they were that. getting like separated from their kids, but it was like it was just yeah, everything in the real you know in the real world being uh, is told through Supergirl. So it'll be interesting also to see if another show picks up like the political commentary mm-hmm. reigns like I that. I always said they should do that with Superman with these movies with him. Yeah. Like all I hear every time I hear like movie reporters or, you know, uh, Superman writers are like, oh, we don't know what to do with him. He's so darn powerful. I'm like, well, do it like he was doing when he first showed up telling the stories of the streets. Like I have a whole book downstairs. I'm upstairs, guys. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Just in case you didn't know. Because I'm on a podcast and these are my voice or these are my words, uh, like the comic strips and like the majority of it is like Clark is, you know, chasing a story about, you know, slumlords or, you know, corrupt business people and organized crime. Mm-hmm. Like you can, that seems like a story in itself. I don't know. Yeah, no, I think uh, I, I kind of hope that's a, that's what they at least end up doing with Lois Lane's side of Superman in Lois Lane. Mm. That's more of her being a reporter because that's like you know a controversial thing nowadays just to, mm-hmm. to be, be a reporter. reporter. Yeah. yeah, to to find to you know tell the truth. So it'll I don't know. See, and that's that's what I thought was going to happen in uh, who was it? Rucka. Craig Rucka had his yes his Lois Lane miniseries and I only read like the first couple of issues, but it wasn't at all what I thought it was going to be. And from what I've heard, you know, other people talk about on other shows, it wasn't very good. Yeah. I made about like halfway through it. Um, I'm still going to read the rest, but I think it also got sidelined by just being part of that. Everything going on with Superman. Mm -hmm. There'd be random things that would just bleed in from like the main Superman plot. So it felt like Rucka was like, well, I'm writing the Lois Lane book, so I'll have to address 
Superboy going off to the, the Legion of Superheroes in right. the middle of my, you know, uh, crime espionage detective story with Lois Lane here. <laughs> um, so it was very weird in that regard. But it did seem like he, he definitely took time to make commentary if, if that wasn't what the book was about. It, it definitely seemed to be like a thing that would pop up every few issues to be like, reporters are awesome. Mm-hmm. Politicians are corrupt, blah, blah, blah. Like, he definitely made, made his own politics known in that book while he was writing it. Yeah. I, I, I guess it's a fine line. I mean, for not only for... Uh, comic book creators, but you know, TV writers and you know, like how, how close you want to get to reality when you're telling a story about people with, you know, with the power of God, you know, like, I mean, like you're you know, you're telling a Superman story or you're telling a whatever Captain America story, Spider-Man story, like, like, yeah, they're supposed to be fun, but you know, you can, you can still get a message across, but how, close do you get to that message without sounding like preachy or without mm-hmm. alienating people who just came to be entertained yeah. and don't want to, you know, get a, a, a political diatribe in their comic because they see that all day in their social media or on the news or whatever. Mm-hmm. I get it. But also, I mean, art imitates life. And I mean, for people that say they don't want politics in their comics or comics shouldn't have politics. I'm like, then, then why'd you start reading comics in the first place? Cause they've always had it. Exactly. Captain America's first comic was him punching, uh, Hitler. Yeah. Su- like Superman's first comic debut was him, uh, skipping out on his job, stopping, uh, what was it? Some army down in South America, and then um, scaring the shit out of some crooked lobbyist. Like, <laughs> he didn't have to do that. Yeah, he was scaring the shit out. He grabbed him by his, like, his pants and, like, running on a telephone wire. Anyways. Well. But, I mean, I get it that superheroes are fun. Like, I I love my superheroes to be fun. They're light and they can be campy. But I think sometimes they can also be a vehicle to tell, like, the important messages. That oh, we need absolutely. to hear. Yeah. Like they, they're, you know, they can be nice vessels like you guys were saying about Supergirl and how they're touching immigration and having aliens locked up and all that other stuff. I mean, you, you can do that. Like you, it's like when people say the same thing about Star Trek and how they, they don't want their Star Trek to be uh <laughs> social commentary. I'm like, have you ever watched an episode of Star Trek? <laughs> like come on well see that that's that's what i mean i i think it was it that goes i think that speaks more to the the talent of the writers than than anything else because you know my first my first comic was uncanny x-men and you know i'm a 13 year old kid i didn't get it because i'm like oh but this is going to have an interesting commentary on racial relations i got it because it looked (laughs) awesome but and so I'm reading X-Men for a number of years, not realizing that I'm reading a commentary on race. Mm-hmm. But 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 I but I get it or, I, you know, I, I or I did get it like at the time, like I was like, oh, OK, I, I, I see the parallels. But 
it took me a while because because it was a very because of the way it was written because you because you cared more about the you know because you were invested in these characters and their struggles and you know maybe you didn't put it together immediately and and I think that, you know that's I think that's the power of it like you when when you realize what you've been reading you're like oh shit yeah that's awesome you know it's it, it's a lot different than you know like an episode of supergirl where she's like guns are bad <laughs> you know hands on hips like yeah i get like know, it. So I, I i yeah you i can I, get I, more people with honey than you can with vinegar well, like i said i i you know i'm 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 all for you know writing a smart story with a message but like i said i i, I think it's you know the the talented writers and actors and artists, whatever are the ones that are able to convey a message to the point where you don't even realize you're getting a message. Mm -hmm. And so that that's all I'm saying. Like I, I, I'm all for like, you know, making a statement, but, um, like I, I, I guess I, I like my statements to be a little more subtle, so I can still enjoy. No, yeah, so I can still enjoy, no, I mean, like, like the, the 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 vehicle in which the message arrived. Like, I don't know if you guys saw like the the press release for the upcoming issue of Savage Dragon. No, um, wasn't that the? I think I saw uh, someone posted on Facebook. It's like a, I think it's like a the cover of it's supposed to like honor the, the comic funnies or something like that. Like the old school funnies. No, I mean, that, no, that's not at all. That's, <laughs> the, that's the issue. You're way up. off. John. Yeah. You should have <laughs> let, you should have let me just keep going. Oh. You should have let me keep going. No, um, no, it's, uh, it's, I think issue two fifty three. It's right on the, right on the front cover. You've got the main character, Malcolm dragon with his arms around Joe Biden and Kamala Harris saying oh, my yeah. name is Malcolm Dragon and I I endorse Joe Biden for president and and uh mm-hmm. and, you know for vice president and it's like and he's wearing a Biden Harris t-shirt and and I <laughs> like in a way I love that because just because that's Eric Larson giving the big you know fu to anyone who doesn't agree with his politics yeah, he did the you same know. thing for uh, Obama back yeah. in 08, I think. Yeah. I bet the Red Skull would endorse Trump. <laughs> I'm oh, pretty sure. sure he would. <laughs> he, pro- and, he probably would. He'd and, probably even be like, dang, that's cold-blooded just locking those kids in no, cages. Even, yeah, even, Red Skull, even Red Skull would be like, oh, I'm not that much of a dick, am I? <laughs> right? <laughs> He's like, you guys, would, he, he looks at his lackeys like, you guys would tell me if I was acting like Trump, wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, sure, boss. Sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> Trump would be like, oh, the Red Skull, he's a fine, he's a fine person. <laughs> and Red would be coming out and be like, I'm not associated with this guy. <laughs> I don't know who he is. I don't know this man. Yeah. Well, because for all of his faults, and obviously there are many, Hitler knew how to be charming. There is that, yeah. Yeah, so the Red Skull was all about that. Mm -hmm. Obviously, I'm not endorsing Hitler. (laughs) Whoa! This this episode (laughs) has taken a turn. (laughs) 
No, I get what you mean. No, I totally get where you go with that. I was like, yes. I was picking off my wedding ring. I was like, that's it. And you find out. You're listening to Slow Burn, the season about David Duke. That's what's doing it for me. I got right you. Now. <laughs> I guess, like, putting a disclaimer Comic Book Pit does not endorse Hitler. <laughs> Thanks for listening. <laughs> Uh, I won't ever be allowed to drink whiskey before an episode again. Oh my, that's what you're having. Okay, I didn't know. I thought maybe you were just having a brewski or something. Oh no, straight whiskey. Nice. Oh my. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll tell you what. This is a this is a this is a excellent place to take a break and uh, thank our sponsor for this episode, <laughs> Thriftburg.com. This week's episode of Comic Book Pit is brought to you by Thriftburg. Do you need a gift that's more interesting than a gift card? Are you looking to reclaim a piece of your childhood? Thriftburg is your online stop for all things vintage and nostalgic. From the 1950s to the 1990s, they have everything from retro kitchen, dining, and barware to action figures, games, books, pop culture, collectibles, and more. Comic Book Pit listeners also get 10% off their purchase of $20 or more with coupon code COMICBOOKPIT. That's all one word, Comic Book Pit. So visit thriftburg.com and check out their hundreds of unique vintage items. All right. Well, th- thank you to Thriftburg for sponsoring this episode. You can, once again, you can check out uh, all their cool stuff at thriftburg.com. And don't forget that coupon code, uh, Comic Book Pit, where you can get 10% off your purchase of $20 or more. All right. Well, let's <laughs> let's jump back into it with some comic talk. I go. I only got one book. Okay. Go for it, Sean. So I am reviewing The Amazing Joy Buzzards by, I forget what the last name is. It's Dan Hip. I know that. I should know these things, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> Somebody. Dan Hip, I know that. He was the artist. I don't know who the writer is. Last name Smith. Anyways, uh, it's about like this motley crew of band called the Amazing Joy Buzzards. Kind of thing of like the Beatles or like they kind of remind me of Green Day to tell you the truth. <laughs> but if, two different vibes. Yeah, I know. <laughs> well, I didn't know how much the Green Day gets like mobbed and has like like oh, fans swoon and stuff, but I know the Beatles did. But yeah, I'm old, so <laughs> I don't know what kids do nowadays. What's a TikTok? Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> it's a band. All right, all right, Grandpa, <laughs> sit down before you fall down. It's a clock. That's what it is. Anyway, you kids, you kids smoking them tweeds. <laughs> But they fight like monsters and robots and uh, the supernatural. And it's actually a really fun book. Uh, uh, The book I'm reading, it's called Here Comes the Spiders. Uh, It's their first trade. I don't know if it's their only trade because it seems like there's a lot of stories packed in there. Um, It's not too much of an overarc. Like one story consists of one thing, but... I mean, overall, it's just a fun book. It's really lighthearted. Um, the just panel to, layouts are great. Huh? I'm sorry, just to jump in real quick. That was uh, Mark Andrew Smith and Dan Hip. 
Oh, thank you. And that came out uh, from Image Comics. Oh, yeah. Yes, it was Image Comics. Um, anyways. Shit, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, they no, were fighting cool. monsters and spiders and stuff. And- yeah, like they fight monsters and spooky stuff. Their manager's uh, part of the CIA, and he kind of sends them on these uh, gigs, even though there's like an underline behind it, like a kind of like a, a spy thing going on too. But it's fun. It, so they, I've been hacked. So, so, so they, they they use their 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 gigs as cover for like secret missions. Sorta, but they don't really know they're on the mission. Okay. Like they're just oblivious. They're just just you know. Oh, I don't know why we're going to Mon- Monaco, and then like the CIA agents like doing all the behind the scenes stuff. But like the art was top notch. Dan Hip, I. Funny enough, I actually didn't know he did comics, but I would see like his artwork everywhere online. And then I found that he did. And then I also found out that he did like Teen Titans Go. Oh, okay. Like his art style is there. Like I, I, I mean, maybe unofficially, I don't know if he was part of it, but there's a lot of stuff that I noticed that, that I recognized from his artwork in that show. And just like the way he does his comics, I was like, that looks a lot like Dan Hip. And I watched enough of him. My kid loved that show for like a good hot mm-hmm. minute. And it was just, it's a fun show. I know we're not talking about cartoon shows, but Dan Hip was, I love his art. So that's the whole reason why I got it. Because of, um, I had gotten this anthology series and there was an amazing joy buzzers in there where they fought like vampires in a barn. And I love the shit out of it. It was funny as hell. Oh, and they have a, uh, I don't know if it's a figment of their imagination or if he's real, but they have like this luchador superhero that just kind of like appears (laughs) and like stomps out evil. But that's the thing that he's actually like fighting with them. But yet no one really talks to him outside of the band. So, I don't know. And the the volume that I got is laid out like so cool, like, you know, that you shouldn't be reading it. It's like a, a top secret thing. And mm-hmm. like the first couple pages has like um, like a, a guy in a suit, like a agent, like saying, hey, you're not supposed to be here. And like you're like the readers technically being tackled by a bunch of agents because you know you're not supposed to read the thing and it tells you like this is a warning you've been caught reading uh literature banned by the federal government and offense punishable by jail time and or death mm-hmm. if deemed an act of treason by a secret tribunal dang <laughs> and i was like okay you got me hooked now okay i kind of gotta see how this go so yeah overall i i definitely like it i am trying to find out if there was another series to this one or if this was the only one so because i would like to read more yeah I, I i looked it up while you were talking i think there's just the one the one volume hmm. um yeah i i don't know that it it uh oh no wait maybe it, uh, there was a volume two i'm sorry i think there was a volume two. Oh, cool i'll have to check it out or find it I kept getting confused because it seemed like sometimes they'll do that where it's like 
not one or two, but they're like just titled differently. And you're like, well, which, which one came first with yeah. like independent stuff? Cause there's like a 10 year gap or something maybe between when they're made mm-hmm. uh-huh. or even just a five year gap. Like I'm thinking of like umbrella Academy and mm. things like that where you're like, Oh yes, there was more of that. Like way later. Yeah. Yeah. I've yet to get their third volume. I kind of do umbrella Academy. I, yeah. I really want to get it, but I don't know. I guess I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, the end and two thumbs up. <laughs> uh, who wants to, who wants to go next? I can. Um, so I heard at one point Sean used the word spooky. So to go off of that, I read the first volume of Gideon Falls And so it's by Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino. Uh, So the first volume is The Legend of the Black Barn. And it essentially is this little town, obviously called Gideon Falls. It's their urban legend of a disappearing black barn. Um, And as the story goes through... There are two main characters. One is a priest and the other is a psychiatric patient, which <laughs> I would Do they walk into a bar? No, they do not walk <laughs> into a bar. Although the priest is a recovering alcoholic. Okay. <laughs> um, but one thing that I definitely picked up on that I don't know that I would have ever really noticed before is the psychiatric patient, the entire volume has an N95 mask on. And this was uh, written, like, I think the first volume based on the quote from Mark Miller on the uh, cover came out in, like, 2018. So I felt like that was a little interesting, and it's not explained, at least in this volume. So if anyone can tell me, without spoiling anything, why he's running around with this mask that definitely hurts your ears, (laughs) please let me know. (laughs) Um... Apparently, it also got optioned to be a TV show. That clearly hasn't happened at this point, but yeah, it's still ongoing. Yeah, I think I remember hearing something about that. Yeah, yeah, you never know what will yeah. get turned into a TV show. Right? Like, I'm still waiting for Criminal and The Shining Girls. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you like spooky stuff, it's definitely very interesting. It deals... Oh, I like the art a lot. Oh, yeah, the art's fantastic. Um, it tells a good story so far... It definitely is like a trope of an urban legend, but done in a really good way. Um, Cool. And the drawings of the black barn are definitely really creepy. Like they're reminiscent of a birthday present that Link got me of like a possessed (laughs) journal. I thought it was familiar. Uh, Andrea Sorrentino also did some stuff with old man Logan. Okay. Back when with Jeff Lemire and Bendis. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I first discovered Andrea Sorrentino back in the new 52. He did, uh, yeah. he did, I think I vampire uh-huh. and then eventually um, moved on a few years later, moved on. He did a long run on green arrow with Jeff Lemire. Yeah. I guess they work a lot together. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Very talented. Uh, that, that, that's a, that's a talented duo right there. Yes, definitely. But yeah, so you know, I was ready for spoopy season, and this definitely did the trick. Cool. Well, to uh, follow up on your spoopy, 
uh, <laughs> I read um, a, a new image book from Chip Sadarsky and Ramon K. Perez called uh, Stillwater. So Stillwater number one, I believe, from Image Comics. This is this very much reminded me of of like a horror movie in that it starts out like everything's completely normal. You're introduced to your your main character and his buddy and the main like uh, the main character who's uh I think coincidentally his name is Daniel. Um, it's like his his life is just not going going great. He gets fired from his job. He goes out that night. He gets you know he gets hammered and he gets thrown up uh, thrown out of the bar and he gets beat up a little and. Um, the next morning he gets a message delivered to him by like kind of an old timey looking guy, like almost like a Mr. Belvedere looking, okay. um, little, little old man in like kind of a bowler hat and, a, glasses and a mustache and a, and it's just a, uh, like a, a legal request that he, he come to this, uh, small town called Stillwater that there is a, um, Legal matter that needs settled that he has this long lost uh, aunt that he actually didn't know about that has um, left him, you know, a, a sum of uh, potentially a sum of money, but he doesn't know because it's not spelled out in the letter. So he and his friend, you know, embark on this, what they think is just going to be kind of a, a day trip to this small town. And, um, and then once they get closer to the town, they find out just it's one of those things like, oh, things are kind of weird out here in the sticks. Things are not as they seem. They stop at a at a gas station for, you know, drinks and gas. And they talk to the cashier and who seemingly has never heard of this town, even though it's um, not, you know, according to the map, not very far away. But she's like, no, I, I don't know what you're talking about. And they and they get to this town and um, yeah, it, it, uh, it, it, things go from, from odd to disturbing to deadly very quickly. Like things kind of escalate quickly and it's got a really neat kind of um, a cliffhanger type of ending. And I'm, I'm definitely going to come back. And I, I usually, I'm, I'm not one for in general, like whether it be a TV show, a movie, books, comics. Um, I'm not really much for horror or thrillers or scary stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but you, you know, um, Chip Zdarsky, he's one of those writers that he's, he's definitely built up enough goodwill, f- f- you know, with me to trust that yeah. he's going to be telling a good story. And, um, and the art by Ramon K. Perez is, is really good. I'm a big fan. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to, you know, keep reading Stillwater and see where it goes. Cool. But yeah, horrors are bread and butter. And I know Link especially loves chips that are mm-hmm. I actually, so. I, it's it's this whole COVID situation. I don't know what's coming out when anymore. <laughs> I need to get in the comic shop and actually, like, look and flip through things to, like, be like, oh, shit. Well, we did, uh, if you're interested, we did get a, 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 oh, a review. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, it's, it's on the drive. We got a review copy of that then i will, I will but definitely hey yeah zadarsky is one of those one of those creators that like it's like god damn he could do everything yes yeah he can write <laughs> spider-man he can write the invaders he can write 
you know, he can work on sex criminals and he can write horror. Um, like, but to go back to Spider-Man, that made me cry. That issue of Spider-Man was amazing. Oh, yeah. He wrote some good Spider-Man issues. Mm. The, the one that he won the uh, Eisner for. Yes. Wait, was that the... Uh, wait, which one was... Was that the... I'm drawing a blank. No, that, that, that it, wasn't the miniseries he did, right? The uh, it, was, it was... Yeah, it was like part of the miniseries he did, but it was like one issue from it. Won the Eisner for like best single issue, and it was like one where... It, Everybody in it was talking about like what Spider-Man meant to them. So it was oh, like okay. people's perspectives and it, the way the narrative was set up, it was like really impactful. Mm-hmm. I can't remember what issue number it was though, but if I can figure it out, I'll, I'll let you know if you haven't read it. Yeah, definitely. Cause it's, it's like a standalone self-contained thing. And it's a, you'll get a box of tissues if you're going <laughs> to read. Yes. That sounds familiar. <laughs> I, I, I think I remember when that came out that a lot of people were, we're raving about it and talking about it, but I don't think I got a chance to read it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I'll have to check it out. Link, did you have anything? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Sorry. I didn't want to cut you off. No. Um, yeah. So I read, uh, what, oh, gosh, I'm already blanking on the name of the book. I should have brought it in front of me. It's the, I told you in the message, Dan, what I tell you, um, the Venus, He's not drunk. I know. I'm not drunk. I'm just disorganized. Ven- Venus in the blind spot? Venus in the blind spot. That's Which sounds yeah, knew- like a sex position? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's going to eat this, I hope not. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, it's in the Kama Sutra. Um, <laughs> I think I pulled yeah. a muscle trying that. <laughs> so, yeah, no. It, it is one of those weird titles for a book because it is a, it's a Japanese book, and so I'm sure it sounds... The title makes a little bit or flows better in, in Japanese. But yeah, it's, it's Venus in the Blind Spot, um, which is the name of one of the stories in this Genji Ito collection. He does, I've, I've reviewed books of his before on the show. Um, this is sort of the newest collection of stuff that's come out. And it's um, it's really neat because some of it, he traditionally does black and white art, but some of these actually have full color. Like, actually, I think one comic was almost entirely in color. And then sometimes it's like, half and half or just certain panels are colored. It's, it's interesting. It, it adds a unique element to reading it. I think um, when something just like, it, I guess kind of like how Sin City did back in the day where like something would be red and you'd be like, Whoa, mm. or, or the man in yellow or the yellow bastard or whatever. Yeah. Or they, they just do a spot color. Yeah. Um, but it, it's got some messed up stories. Uh, and if, if you want to have nightmares about, uh, corpses getting stitched together with fishing line or a chair that has a person sit living inside of it. Oh no. That, <laughs> that you are unaware of. Oh no. And so they're always like secretly underneath you while I you're sitting. Like yeah. See, <laughs> you're just getting the GVs already. Um, it's got that. It's got some other classics that he's done that have been published in other books already. Like the, the fault of Amagira or Amagira's fault. Um, which is something where like there was like this mysterious cliff wall that has human shaped holes in it. And each hole was shaped to a particular person and they would go through it and nobody knows what happened to them. And that was like a big internet sensation back in the day before people knew who this guy was. And they were like, here's creepy weird comics from Japan. Um, So yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a really good book. It's got some cool stuff that I haven't read or seen before, which is neat. And then also stuff I have seen before. Um, and it will it will mess you up. 
Oh, what? wow. Can you tell yeah, yeah, I feel, you nightmares? Yeah, what? I'll give you some big time nightmares. Uh, he's, he's, a, he's a master of making you uncomfortable. Oh. Okay. Always. All right. Well, I just have um, one more to, to, to round out this episode. Um, I haven't, uh, you know, I, I've been reading a lot more DC th- these days than Marvel, but um, I decided to give Iron Man number one a shot because it, because the premise sounded interesting and it's um, Tony Stark decides, you know, he's, he's got to, you know, strip down, not literally <laughs> like kind of just go back to basics. Um, you know, he, he uh, removes himself from the Stark board of directors. He sells off, um, a, you know, more majority of his, his shares, uh, which of course he's, I mean, he's already rich, but now he's yeah. like, he's a, a billionaire, you know, in the first few pages, he sells his shares for like $65 billion. And, and it's, it's one of those things like he's at a crossroads. He doesn't, he doesn't know where to go. So he decides to, to just go back to basics for everything. He, he, he moves to New York. Uh, he, he sells his Malibu house, packs it up, moves to a brownstone in New York, buys a, like kind of a, a, a like a 1978 muscle car. His armor now is very reminiscent of his his original like his uh, red and gold armor. Okay, yeah, but um, like from the 60s, actually shellhead. Yeah, 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 like yeah, like oh. his like his 60s 70s armor. I mean, it's still got a modern touch to it. Um, actually, I think it was I I noticed that Alex Ross got a credit in the. Uh, for designing it mm. and it's oh. um, I like it. it. It's, it's, it's like I said, it's very reminiscent of his old school. Like, yeah, like, like, like you said, his shell head armor, but it's still modern enough to be interesting. It's a really cool first issue because he, you see him dealing with things as like before he makes the change, he's still kind of in his ultra modern Iron Man armor. He's fighting Terax. And while he's fighting Terax, he's making business deals and tweeting and, you know, doing it. It's very reminiscent of the, like the Robert Downey Jr. Mm -hmm. Tony Stark. But uh, like I said, he's, you know, afterwards he, you know, it's, it's like he has, he comes to these crossroads. He decides to, He's got to scale down. He's got to get back to basics. He's got to learn how to be a person again and not just a, you know, a, a man in a machine. Like he's, he said he, at one point he says, you know, at this point, you know, in, in, with our technology, machines should be making other machines. Like I, I need to get back to what it's like to be a person again. And almost to emphasize this, he has kind of like, or like a small team up with a uh, Hellcat who. Hellcat is, you know, she kind of calls him on his bullshit. You know, she's talk about like the, the epitome of what he's trying to be. Like she's not powered at all. She's just, Mm -hmm. she's just a a regular woman that kicks ass, but they go, they, you know, fight a bad guy together. I'm kind of a sucker for stories that are like, we're going to tear them down and build them back up type of thing. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of what this is. I mean, it's sort of not, I mean, it's not like Tony Stark is, destitute and you know pulling himself up by his bootstraps but 
you know, it's like he's almost going through this kind of midlife crisis type of thing. This, this is written by Christopher Cantwell, who I'd never read before. Yeah, I didn't recognize his name when I saw the solicits. But he he wrote, or I guess is, I, I think it's still coming out, the Doctor Doom series. Oh, that he's, okay. that um, I think Salvador LaRocca is drawing. He was also the writer or creator of that show, Halt Catch Fire. Oh. On AMC. Okay. So I'm interested. <laughs> so that um and and the and the art in this issue is by um Cafu or Cafu I'm not sure how you pronounce it but it's just a one word the person's got one name and um I've I've recognized his art from other books but I mean the the, the art in this is just fantastic um oh the other thing that that they did was Tony is back to just having a mustache there's no goatee oh wow there's no there's no Robert Downey Jr look like he's just back to having the cheesy mustache from the sixties and seventies, um, which I love. Like, I, I think they're, they're trying, they're, they're finally trying, they're, they're slowly yeah, moving they the have- character away from, you know, for, cause for the last 10 years, everything has been, Oh, let, let's, let's put Robert Downey Jr. Basically in the comics, mm-hmm. um, which I, you know, I, I understood and, you know, it worked sometimes it doesn't, it didn't work all the time because it, I think it really depends on who, who writes it. But um, no, this was, uh, this was really good. It was a lot of fun and it makes me want to read more, but reading this did make me read um, Christopher Cantwell's Dr. Doom, like the first volume trade, which also was interesting because that was Dr. Doom um, essentially getting taken the blame for blowing up this, uh, this satellite and this like moon base pretty much like kind of going on the run. Like he's, he's outed, uh, ousted from Latveria. He's, he's in the U S same thing. He's kind of like, he's got nothing and he's trying to fit, you know, there's a lot of things going on, but he's, you know, trying to yeah. get back to where he, you know, trying to get back home and he's trying to clear his name and he's trying to, do right by himself and his people and to, and also figure out who blew up, you know, who caused all this destruction. And it was, it, 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 it was, it, and I saw us like sort of the similar, um, uh, storytelling like tropes or aspects that like he was doing in Iron Man. Like, let's take this guy out of his usual comfortable element and do something else with him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that I would I would recommend that too. Although I will say, probably in the in the latter half of the trade paperback, I started to get lost in the the politics of the story because there's a lot having to do with sure, like yeah, Doctor Doom. It's Latveria. Yeah, it's Latveria, and then there's oh, and, and um, there's the the country that borders Latveria that Silver Sable comes from, like Sim oh, Simcaria yep. or something. Yep. Silver Sable's in it uh, for a little bit too. And there's like a war brewing between the two countries. And it's, you know, it's, it does get a little muddled with that, with the, the politics of it, but you're like, I have enough politics to worry about. In the real world <laughs> exactly. Let alone the fictional. Country. Yeah. I don't need to be worrying about Dr. Doom's politics. I need to be worrying about my neighbor's politics, you know, <laughs> Anyways, that that's so that's it. That's all I had to say about 
about that. But I, I would highly recommend Iron Man number one. It's a really good jumping on point. I was going to say how much it, um, it sounded like it has zero baggage from whatever Dan Slott did. I mean, I was reading Dan Slott's stuff. I'm not done with it, but it, it seemed like it was, you know, spinning off in a weird territory. I can tell you, I haven't like, I, I think I read the first two or three issues of Dan Slott's run. I have not read anything since, and I have not read um, the last event at empire. I, so I don't know if anything, if there was anything carrying over from that, no, I, if, Empire it was just Fantastic Four related. Okay. Um, anyways, you can jump into this just completely, you know. Cool. Yeah, with with no having read nothing prior, you could just jump into it fresh and enjoy it. Um, same with Doc. Same with that Doctor Doom book. Um, sure. <laughs> both uh, Iron Man and Doctor Doom, you can just jump in without having read anything leading up to it. And oh, I, cool. yeah, I would I would definitely recommend both all right anybody have anything else um, no no i think we're good okay well i'll just um start closing this out by saying you can uh help us out here at the conflict pit by rating and reviewing the show uh it just takes a moment and a five-star rating goes a long way and helping other people find the show. Uh, you can do it right from your phone and Apple podcasts or wherever you listen. Uh, we really appreciate the, the ratings and reviews. It's, you know, it's how we grow. Uh, <laughs> you can also support the show a, a bunch of different ways. Um, you can check out our merch in our uh, spread shop, which there will be a link in the show notes for that. If you want a cool shirt or a coffee bug or a hat or a dog scarf or anything uh you can get it on spread at the spread shop if you want to make just a one-time donation you can go to our ko-fi account and like i said those links will be in the show notes and if you want to be a regular supporter once again you can go to our patreon account that's patreon.com slash comic book pit just like of course our sponsor for this episode thriftburg.com if there's uh yeah if there's nothing else we'll just uh say uh thank you for listening to this episode of comic book pet this has been episode 365 i'm dan and with me tonight we had sean see ya kate bye and link see you everybody thanks for listening and we'll see you next time